give a special shout out to my daughters, Brandy and Sandria, yay, who are sharing in worship this morning. Woo, woo, I miss being in church. I mean, like in the building. <laughs> um, to my friend, thank you so much for this invite. I am excited and honored to be able to share with you in worship today. Um, as Apostle has shared with you, I am the pastor of Hosey Temple CME Church in Tampa. And no worries, the congregation is in good hands this morning. Thank you, Jesus. I do want to acknowledge um, Brother Vernon and extend our condolences on behalf of the loss of your mom. Um, I know that it is a bittersweet time, but I also know that you know that God will provide you and your family with the comfort that you need. Amen. Amen. Well, there is a word from the Lord. So to all of the clergy and the officers and members of his house worship, let's go before the Lord in prayer um, and prepare to hear what he has to say to us today. Father, we thank you now for your great grace and all your mercy. We humbly bow before you, O Lord, and we rest in your capable hands. Speak to our hearts today. Let your word go so deep into our hearts, our minds, our soul, our spirit, that it will change us from doing the things that are not right and pleasing to you to doing those things that are according to your will. We love you, Lord, and we honor you today. In Jesus' name, amen. As, um, as Apostle, your pastor, my friend, was sharing about our first preaching experience, I had a really good visual of that day. And I remembered those shoes. And I tell you, they were beautiful shoes, but they were not good for my feet. <laughs> and I did not keep them, praise Jesus. We want to preach today from a passage of scripture, Genesis chapter 16. We'll be looking at verses seven through 13. Kiara Sheard, when she was a little girl, sang a song with her mom, Karen Clark Shield, entitled, The Will of God. The safest place in the whole wide world, some of the lyrics, is in the will of God. Though trials be great and the way seems hard, it's in the will of God. It may be on a mountain peak or in the valley low, but wherever, 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 wherever it may be, if God says go, Go, go. That is what we are encouraged to do. I want to share with you about a family in the book of Genesis that like most of us, if not all of us, experience dysfunction. Allow me to read just a portion of the scripture. This is Genesis chapter 16, beginning at verse one. I'm reading from the Common English Bible this morning. Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to have children. 
since she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar, Sarah said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from giving birth. So go to my servant. Maybe she will provide you, provide me, I'm sorry, with children. Abram did just as Sarai said. After Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Abram's wife Sarai took her Egyptian servant Hagar and gave her to her husband Abram as his wife. He slept with Hagar and she became pregnant. But when she realized that she was pregnant, she no longer respected her mistress. Sarai said to Abram, this harassment is your fault. I allowed you to embrace my servant, but when she realized she was pregnant, I lost her respect. Let the Lord decide who is right, you or me. Abram said to Sarai, since she's your servant, do whatever you wish to her. So Sarai treated her harshly and she ran away from Sarai. And so today we want to start with verse seven that gives an account, if you will, of Hagar being on the run. She had run away from her mistress and Abram. But you know, God is such an amazing God that number one, no matter how hard we try, we cannot abort the will of God. No matter how far we run, no matter how deep we hide, we will never be able to abort the will of God. For God's will is the safest place that in the whole wide world that we can find ourselves in. So there are three points that I'd like to share today. Number one, stress is inevitable, but manageable and controlled and even conquered with God. The second point I want to lift, God is not, God's plan is not without suffering. And the third point, and again, no matter how hard we try, we cannot abort the will of God. You see, only God can control the uncontrollable and bring us back to his divine will. So this family of Abram and Sarai and Hagar, this triangle, if you will, you know, we wouldn't stand for it today as women, but you know, we're not in the Bible time days. So, so it, it was all right. I also want to share a little bit about their role. So Abram, who is the husband, the provider, um, they're living pretty well off. He has no children. And then because his wife, Sarai, who is barren, she is a planner. She is the mistress or queen of the home. Um, she also mistreated Hagar harshly. She blames her husband because Hagar, when she became pregnant, began to disrespect Sarai. And you can imagine a little bit what that was like. So just kind of put yourself in, I don't know, choose whomever you want this morning, Sarai or Hagar. Hagar, this Egyptian servant girl, who is now living with Abram and Sarai, became disrespectful 
when she found out that she was carrying a baby. I, we can't even call Hagar the surrogate because a surrogate does not have that intimate one-on-one um, -on -one, uh, um, intimacy and intercourse with the man. So we can't even see Hagar as a surrogate for Sarai. Hagar had the actual encounter of sleeping with Abram and she became pregnant. It's amazing what happens when we take matters into our own hand. Every time we do it, it's going to spiral out of control because we don't have the power to control our situations and cause them to work out the way we want them to. We are not God. We don't have the power. We don't have the authority. We don't have the intelligence, no disrespect. We don't have the withal to be able to work everything out to where it is perfect every time. I know we try it. I love you, but we don't have it. And neither did Sarai. God had already promised Abram that he would be the father of many nations. He had even said to Sarai that she would have a son and she did not believe God. But how many of us discounted what God has spoken to us only to realize that what God has said over our lives, we have experienced it and there is still more to come. Amen somebody and so we cannot fall out with god as my mom would say we cannot get mad uh, because things are not working out the way we plan our first mistake is that we took matters into our own hands and every time we do we will experience the outcome hagar got beside herself, as my mother would say. Can you imagine what it was like in the house where the, once the homeostasis was calm and the atmosphere was good, and now the homeostasis has been disrupted because now there's a bunch of drama in the house. There's a bunch of, a lot of confusion in the house. There's conflict in the house. And wherever there is confusion and conflict, there is stress. And stress is inevitable, and stress can kill. But if we stick with God's plan, all of those stress will come. By the help of the Lord, we will be able to not only manage the stress, but we will also get to the place where we can expect the stress and even control the stress. And if we stay with God and his love and his power, we will be able to conquer the, the, the stress. How do I know that? Because the Bible declares that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. I want to believe that that includes stress. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hagar got to the place to where she could not, she could no longer deal with what Sarai was dishing out. 
she could no longer handle the mistreatment, the emotional abuse, the uh, verbal abuse that she was once giving to Sarai. And now Sarai, with the permission of her husband, was treating Hagar the way she thought she should. But how many of us know that God is still the author and finisher of our faith. God is still the one who is sovereign. God is still the one with authority and God will not allow us to abort God's plan. And so if God has to intervene and orchestrate disruption so that he could bring us back to our right mind and our right place, he loves us enough to do it. Hallelujah, praise Jesus. Sometimes we need God to disrupt things in our lives. Sometimes we need God to tweak things in our lives because at many times, many of us, things don't work the way we should or as fast the way we think they should or as fast as we want them to. And so we say to God, I got this. You can go and take a seat and I'll take it from here. But God is not our puppet. God is not the one to, con to, con to succumb, slow down girl, to our plan and mischievous and sinful ways. Case in point, after Sarai began to treat Hagar so badly, so cruelly, Hagar decided that she was gonna run away. Where was she running to? Where was she going? Many times when people run away, they don't have an exact plan. They just take off because in their mind, it's better out there than in here where I'm being mistreated. So they take the risk of running into nothingness to get away from the chaos and toxic relationship that they are currently in. But if you trust God, God will meet you and provide for you and give you a way of escape. Is that what he did for Hagar? I would say so. Verse seven declares that the Lord's messenger, the angel of the Lord, found Hagar at a spring in the desert. Lord have mercy. In the wilderness. Anybody been in the wilderness? Anybody been in the desert? You may not have been physically in the desert where there is no vegetation or no life, but I'm sure that you have been in a place in your life where you felt like you were left by yourself in the desert, in the wilderness. No one to come to your aid, no food, no water. Your inside feeling like they were on fire. You, everywhere you turned, there was nothingness. When you looked up, it was dark. When you looked down, it was dark. When you reached for somebody, no one was there because you were in the wilderness. No friends, no Facebook, no tweets, no text messages, no email, no physical contact, just in the wilderness. But God knew where we would be before we got there. I asked myself as I was studying the passage, 
why did the messenger of God, why did the angel of God wait until Hagar was in the wilderness by herself? Why did the angel of the Lord not interrupt the conflict that was going on in the home? Why did the angel of the Lord not meet Hagar when she stepped outside of the home in preparation to run away? Why did the angel of the Lord not interrupt her travels before she got to the place where it became so dark and dull and dreary? Why did the Lord wait for Hagar to get to the place where she was lonely and by herself with no one to come to her aid. You probably can answer the same question based on the dark times that you've experienced in your life. You can probably say, looking back, that I can appreciate my wilderness experience because while I was in the wilderness, I met the Lord. Woo, thank you, Jesus. While I was in the wilderness, I came to know the Lord for myself. While I was in darkness, while I was in my nothingness, while I was feeling lost, while I didn't have anybody, I came to realize that God loved me so much that he connected with me on his own, just me, and gave me a reason. Woo! Hallelujah! Gave me a reason to live, gave me a reason to stand up tall, gave me a reason to trust in him even the more, gave me a reason and a will to follow his directions. And in Hagar's case, to return back to the same place that she ran away from, to return in the spirit of humility back to the same mistress who mistreated her so badly that it caused her to run away. I'm sure you can testify too that now the things that the Lord had you to experience that you deem to be bad at the time of the experience you can shout and say that it was because of that experience that I've come to trust the Lord with my entire life. Praise your name, Jesus. The angel of the Lord said to Hagar, go back to your mistress. And I, I took time to define the word mistress because we've heard it said and used in different ways. So I just want us to understand that the biblical definition of mistress is a woman having power, a woman of authority or ownership, a woman who exercises authority, the female head of a family, a woman well-skilled in anything and has mastery over it. That's beautiful. Microsoft beings adds to some of those definitions that I just read, that a mistress is a woman having an extramarital sexual relationship, especially with a married man. We are not looking at Microsoft Bing's definition of a woman having an extramarital sexual relationship, 
especially with the married man, we are looking at the biblical definition of mistress as we look at Sarai's life and the fact that now the, the angel of God is saying to Hagar, you got to get up from this wilderness. You've got to leave this desert. You have run away from, number one, a place where you were being provided for. Yes, you were being mistreated, but how many of us know uh, the world says what goes around comes around. The scripture says you shall reap what you sow. And so whatever kind of seeds you plant, good, bad, or indifferent, the scripture declares that they are going to come up. And when they come up, we will see them again. So Hagar was not only running away from being mistreated by her mistress, she was running away from her vocation, if you will. She was running away from a place that was comfortable before the mistreatment started. And, and it's amazing that the, the messenger of God did not call up the things that Hagar had done. He didn't bring it before her that, you know, you did mistreat your mistress after you found out that you were with child. The, the, the Lord, the messenger of the Lord didn't even go there. He helped her to understand that where you are right now is not good for you. You, you running away to where? Are you trying to get back to Egypt? You've got to go through this wilderness to get back to Egypt. You are not equipped to travel through this wilderness. You are a woman. You are by yourself. You have nothing to sustain yourself physically, mentally, emotionally. Where are you going? That's what he asked her. And maybe that question was posed to her to help her to be able to answer it in the affirmative. Where am I going? Running away to what? There's a reason why she wasn't in Egypt. But Hagar was able to receive the message from the Lord. Where are we today? Are we just running away? <laughs> Have we created hostile environments and now are we just running away? Have we, have we fired, um, have we lit the, 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 the grenade? Have we pulled the stem from the grenade? Have we, have we lit the torch and cast it into the living room to cause things to burn up? Have we created the trouble in a sense and we've taken off? Have we thrown the rock and hidden our head? Are we on the run because we cannot stand where we were? Perhaps that same environment is the way it is because we helped to create it. But the Lord, the will of God, is the safest place that we can be in in the whole wide world. Hagar was out of her place, out of her way of duty, and further astray when the messenger of God found her. And I know you all can relate to that. Yes, in the wilderness. Yes, in the darkness. Yes in sin, in her mind, in her actions. But she encountered the Lord. She heard the Lord and she accepted his directions. Dear hearts, I promise us today, in the will of God, 
is the best place we can be. Not only did the messenger of the Lord inform Hagar that you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son, that's comforting because he explains to her, not only are you pregnant, you are going to have a child and he is going to be a male child. You will name him Ishmael because the Lord has heard about your harsh treatment. God has to get us to a place, dear hearts, where we can hear his voice and answer his call. And many times it's in the wilderness. But just like Hagar, he will not leave us there. Sometimes being knocked down so low is an essential position orchestrated by God for us to hear and see the move of God in our life and respond in the affirmative to his will. Hallelujah, praise Jesus. Just like God did not leave Hagar in her wilderness, he met her there, neither will he leave you in your time of darkness and in your wilderness. God heard her cry just like he will hear your cry. God will touch your hearing, your heart, your spirit, so that you and I will not only hear his word, but we will do his word. Is there anybody out there today that's willing and ready to do the will of God? How long will we run from his presence? How long will we run from his call? How long will we throw down what is good? How long will we complain about suffering? How long will we give way to the devil? How long will we compromise our relationship with God? I declare that somebody ought to be ready to say, as of this day, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No devil and all of his imps will cause me to turn away from the power and the blessings of God. No more will I take down to the lies of the enemy. No more will I sacrifice that which is right for that which is wrong. No more, no more, no more, no more. In the will of God, in the will of God, it's where I wanna be. Is it where you want to be? God will comfort you in the suffering. He will comfort you in the conflict. He will comfort you when the gossiping is happening. But this is what I would like to say to us as I close. When the suffering begins, let us not act as though we have no idea why we are going through some of the things that we are going through. If we take time to fast and pray and have a conversation with the Lord, he will reveal to us the reason for some of the things that we suffer. Maybe not all of the things, but he will reveal some of the, uh, some of the things for which we are suffering. And I know what I'm talking about. God will not have us to be ignorant 
He will not have us thinking, I don't know why I'm going through this. Well, if you allow the Holy Spirit to hit the back button or whatever you use, if you sit still long enough, he will reveal the reason for some of our suffering and some of it is connected to our sin. Let us stop acting as if we are innocent in all of our behaviors. We are not. We have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but God has still provided a way of escape. When the Holy Spirit reveals unto you the reason of your suffering, I would say like the scripture says, count it all joy. Count it all joy. Learn from I can't say mistake because Apostle Henry told us yesterday that you don't find the word mistake in the Bible. And if you do, it's under double digits. But there are many hundreds, hundreds of phrases in the Bible that uses the word sin. So when the Holy Spirit reveals unto us the sin, receive it repent of it and live according to the will of God in his will. God bless you today. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for the presence of your Holy Ghost.